Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. You might have seen or heard uh, yesterday about the Supreme Court decision that an Ontario teacher, a London, Ontario teacher, who filmed uh, his students, teenage girls' cleavage using a spy pen, uh, was guilty of voyeurism. And and to a lot of us, it seemed like kind of a no-brainer, right? Like, obviously, this is voyeurism. He's, he's you know, recording the body parts of teenage girls without their consent, without their permission, uh, and, and recording video of it. But it, it is uh, a sign, I think, of of a needed sort of change in the legal precedence about how our voyeurism laws are interpreted and how our sort of expectations of privacy change in the digital age. In the olden days, a voyeur was basically a peeping Tom lurking in your backyard, peeking in through your windows or something like that. Um, And first of all, they were physically there. They were physically gaining access to see you in a space where you had not given the permission to see you. And, and they were using their eyes and recording things with their memory. Today, uh, a spy camera placed in the washroom or placed on somebody's shoe looking up a skirt or in a pen where nobody can see it uh, can sort of dis- discreetly record things, see things that, that, that a person's eyes can't. And not only that, the, the sort of what they're peeping on is recorded on film or in photographs that can be shared, that can be stolen, that can be uh, viewed again and again and again. And I think the law needs to catch up to, uh, to sort of reflect that, to sort of outline the state of that for us uh, from a legal perspective. We have Lauren Honickman, Global News legal expert and a lawyer with BTZ Law. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Nice to be aboard. Very uh, important decision yesterday, Ed, as, mm-hmm. as you were summarizing. Um, you, you got to uh, people have to understand this law called voyeurism, relatively new law uh, on the criminal books, and it took a while, as as many of the laws do, to weave their way through the courts and get to the highest court. And there's a couple of important things because I think you said it right off the top. People go, well, you know, isn't it intuitively obvious that if you're using a spy cam and you're taking pictures, uh, that that would be what we traditionally understand as voyeurism. But but when you start looking at the real elements of it, um, then you understand, okay, what what really was significant? And, and let me let me set it out for mm-hmm. you. Uh, the, the issue with respect to a sexual aspect to it, that seemed to be the no-brainer aspect, although uh, uh, a couple of judges or one judge in, in the in the first court that heard this didn't find it to be in a in a sexual manner. But the Ontario Court of Appeal uh, in its ruling said, oh yeah, it was it, there because that's one of the elements that has to be there. There has to be right. a sexual element.
moment. But here was the key part. The key part was whether or not because a school hall or a school could be considered more of a public place than, let's say, a washroom, which becomes somewhat intuitively obvious that that would be a private uh, place. Uh, the Court of Appeal talked about the reasonable expectation of privacy there, and that's why they... they um, upheld the acquittal. Right. Well, the Supreme Court, I think, in its wisdom, uh, basically said, no, no, no. When, when we're talking about privacy, it's not an all-or-nothing concept. In other words, we don't say, you know, if you're out somewhere in a public place or something that can be construed to be public, therefore you've given up your reasonable expectation of privacy. And they set that out, and they say that when, well, a person would normally not have a reasonable expectation of privacy where you know they're they're outside or somewhere right. but but when you're talking about various aspects as to well wait a minute uh not only is the location important the supreme court said well what's the nature of this impugned contact uh conduct is it was it just observation was it recording uh what was the manner in which the recording was done what was the subject matter or the content of the of the recording the relationship between the person who's being observed so they they set out a whole list of criteria, and they basically said, "Look, uh, in this particular case, when you at, when you apply all of those, certainly this now would fall into the voyeurism aspect." i.e., you don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy of someone using a surreptitious recording device to start recording your breast or cleavage. Right. So if somebody across the room kind of glances at your cleavage, that that's, it's reasonably expected that they would do that, right? That sure, that could right. happen. But the, if they're using a spy pen to get close up, d- right. down blouse, you know, kind of view and recording that, then that's... That's unreasonable, right? That's right, and and you're not and exactly. So so you would say that there is no privacy where there's no reasonable expect. I'm sorry, rephrase it. You would have a reasonable expectation of privacy under those conditions, and you extrapolate this, and that's why this becomes very important. These these Supreme Court of Canada rulings, they deal specifically. You look at it. You're looking at the voyeurism aspect, the particular circumstances of this particular offender. But what does it mean as it goes out into the bigger world? world and and how do you extrapolate so that means now and this is this is the important thing and that's why a lot of people who are very much the the privacy um uh, proponents who are who are you know for example Ontario's Information and Privacy Commissioner uh, Brian Beamish I know he, he he had intervener status at this he called it the right result because he says that whether or not someone's privacy interests have been violated is not simply a matter of asking were they in a public place or not so you you look at it at in the big picture somebody goes to uh, I was talking about this yesterday somebody goes to a a, a baseball game at right. you know at, at the Rogers Center you know we all you've all been there, and you know what happens, and, and it happens at, at school, uh, during the Leaf Games, Raptor Games, mm. you know, you get people sitting in the crowd, all of a sudden there's a shot of the person, and he, he or she looks up, and they wave at the camera, and certainly nobody could ever say, hey, listen, you put me on that camera, I came to that game, I had a reasonable expectation of privacy, you'd say no, because, but but what happens if some um, uh, overzealous, uh, <laughs> enthusiastic camera person started taking close-ups of private mm. Parts or whatever, then you'd say, "Well, no, no, no. Wait a minute. Just because I came to a baseball game, that doesn't mean you can do that." Well, and one thing I wonder about, and and this is like 
again, context. And it seems to me that in, in this day and age, these are the questions that kind of come up, is that like another place would be a beach where people wear less clothing than they normally exactly. would wear. Exactly. They know other people are going to see them in that clothing. But possibly the door is open here that if somebody's taking close-up, zoomed-in exactly. photos and and using them for sexual purposes, that, that, that we're in a place where you can at least make an argument that these That's things right. that are obviously gross could actually be illegal even if you're in a public place. That's right. And so before we would just simply say, what was the location? People would just talk about location. Go, oh, somebody put a camera in the, in a bathroom, like that case out in BC. Um, you know, you know. Okay, there you go. That's that's a private play. But if it was public, what this case has said is is location is just one factor. And so you got to look at a lot of things. So so what happens now? By the way, for for Mr. Jarvis, uh, who yesterday uh, got the the news, he now has to go back in front of the original trial judge in London, Ontario. And, and now face a sentencing hearing. And uh, the charge carries a maximum five years in prison. I don't think you'll see that. Uh, but, of course, he also will have to face his own uh, college of teachers and disciplinary proceedings. Um, and uh, so he's, he now is going to face... Uh, uh, a penalty, and and when this type of ruling comes out, a lot of people will say, as you said off the top, and we all do. Well, that should have been intuitively obvious. Sometimes when you look at the wordings of law, at the wording of the law, that it it isn't intuitively obvious, and this that that's why this decision was as important as it was. All right, Lauren Honigman, thanks for walking us through the sort of the legal ramifications of that Supreme Court decision yesterday. I think I think this is uh, from my perspective, it seems like the right decision, and maybe yes. an overdue clarification. There you go. And uh, and sometimes they get it right, as some lawyers would say. Have a great, <laughs> <All> <laughs> have right. a great weekend. Thank you. You have a great weekend, too. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.